What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Got an exciting new episode for you today, and uh, I think you're going to like it a whole lot. This episode is brought to you by Lit Distribution, new podcast sponsor. And if you go to litdistro.co right now, there's a special offer that you can take advantage of that lasts until the end of the month in November. It's a Black Friday holiday sale, and it's in partnership with Greg Overton. So if you guys are familiar with Greg Overton, he's been a podcast guest a couple of times. Greg got extremely popular over the last few years because of the Native American artwork that Joe Rogan has really highlighted a whole lot on a show. And Greg's painted custom pieces for a whole bunch of different celebrities. But we've partnered with him at Lit Distribution, which is a company that I'm involved in. That's a master distributor of Zippo lighters, custom Zippo lighters that we help source with really interesting different brands. So if you're a brand out there, you can reach out to Lit Distribution as well and find out how you can get your brand on a Zippo lighter. The giveaway is actually really awesome because for every dollar that you spend on the Lit Distro website between now and the end of the month of November, you will get an entry to win a hand-signed print of one of Greg Overton's paintings called Ghost of Wounded Knee. Uh, I actually talked to him about this painting. It has a really cool backstory, but we're giving away that hand-signed print. Every dollar you spend gets you an entry. So whether you buy an insert at a discount because of Black Friday sales, you know, you'll get like probably 15 or 20 entries. If you buy a couple of lighters and some inserts, you know, you might get a few hundred entries. So depending on how much you spend, the more entries you get, but any entry could get you a win. So go to the website, grab yourself something cool for the holidays, great stocking stuffers for your dad or, you know, Pollyanna gift. And uh, hopefully you like something you see. There's going to be a whole lot of new stuff coming. That's litdistro.co and take advantage of that really great offer. My guest today is a jeweler and he does a lot of custom jewelry. I met him in jujitsu class and I always wanted to have a conversation with him and he recently announced that he has a, a YouTube channel that surpassed 100,000 followers, uh, which caught me and a whole bunch of other people by surprise. And come to find out, he was kind of keeping it close to the vest. And so, you know, we talked about that channel, the impact of social media, and what that's had on his business, but also how he found himself in the jewelry business. You know, it's a an art form, it's a craft, and something that I've always been fascinated about. You know, it's especially like jewelry making in the sense of like what he does from a custom uh, jewelry pieces. And, you know, how much different that is than just, you know, working at a kiosk in a mall. And uh, yeah, really fun conversation. We talked about a bunch of other stuff as well. But um, yeah, I think you'll enjoy this one a lot because I really enjoyed having the conversation. Please give it up for my guest, Zach Amy. It's completely, completely up to me, you know? So, yeah. um, my parents work with me, my brother works with me and uh, his wife. So then, you know, it, it's that really motivates you more to, you know, really focus up and make sure you make sure you do it, do it correct. I, I'm just amazed at the amount of, I guess, I mean, trial and error that probably goes into it. 
I mean, how many different pieces do you think over the last 10 years that you've worked on individually? Uh, I know for a fact, thousands. Um, I, I, I used to keep track of how many is kind of goofy, but I'd keep track of how many ring sizings I would do. Um, like I had this little chart next to, next to my bench and I would keep track of sizings going up and sizings going down. And it was usually every year I'd keep track. And like, I think it averaged out like over 60% of the sizings were always going up, you know, people gaining weight, but <laughs> yeah, it was a, a trend that I noticed, but yeah, I used to keep track of the sizings and, um, yeah, it was well over a thousand, but as far as like custom pieces, you know, I'm always kind of working on things like that. Uh, my brother, my, I have a younger brother and he, he works in my store also. And this past year, I've really, um, been focused a lot on training him up on doing a lot of the things like those ring sizing. So like right now I'm not really doing many of the ring sizings, kind of like the, the standard bench work. He never went to a traditional school like I went to. Um, so he's kind of like my apprentice somewhat of like, you know, I mentioned how a lot of people end up doing that. So, yeah. uh, he's kind of getting that, that sort of training, teaching them different things like stone setting. Um, but yeah, he's really helped me a lot, um, by alleviating the time constraints of doing the monotonous things like sizing rings. Yeah. Um, and that, that helps me focus up on the content creation side of things or the custom work and things like that. So, yeah, uh, that, that's been a, a big help for me recently, but, um, yeah, yeah, I wanted to get into like how much the social media drove it. Um, I wanted to go back to a story you told me before we were actually recording yeah. because going to that, like thousands of pieces, you were telling me about, um, a, I think I'd asked you, you know, about somebody whose story really resonated because a lot of times yeah. it's the value of the sentimental aspect. And you told me a story about a, a woman who you made a, a necklace for because her right. husband had passed away. Right. Yeah. So one of the, one of the stories that kind of stands out to me as far as when I think back to custom projects that really meant to some meant a lot to someone or kind of stood out as far as unique was this woman's husband passed away and he was cremated and he had an artificial heart valve. And I guess after they cremated him in the ashes, they found this, I think it was made out of titanium. Um, it's just a heart valve. It was about, you know, this big and it has a couple flaps in it. And she brought it to me and wondered if I could like make a, a heart shaped pendant out of it. And I, we, we made like a heart shape. Uh, it was like a frame for the, the actual valve. It was made out of yellow gold and it was neat because you could it held the it held the uh, actual valve and you could still move the the flaps in it and everything like that. So it was just it still had like the it, it was still like charred from the fire and everything. So it was just really uh, I'm sure it meant a lot to her, you know. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's just like I, we were talking earlier about how it there's such a difference, and it's why I wanted to talk with you, right? I mean we. We did jujitsu together. Um, and 
I found out that you were a jeweler. I started following you on social media and I saw this uptick in like content, right. In which right. it's clearly working for you, but it highlights this craft. And, you know, I know you were saying you went to a really, you know, prominent school out on the West coast mm-hmm. and, you know, I liken it a little bit to like hairdressers who, you know, you can do something, you know, at a local community college and, and not like talking disparagingly on them, but those are the types of people that are probably working at your, you know, Walmart hair salon, as yeah. opposed to somebody that's at a, you know, Beverly Hills studio cutting a celebrity's hair right. and it, there's levels to it. And it's, it's clear in the art beyond just the basic aspects of setting a stone, the creativity, the understanding of different types of metals. And I, I see you using like tools that clearly all have a very specific intended purpose and you're using them in a way to create a really awesome piece of art. And I know you don't really consider yourself an artist, but that time spent that, you know, creative aspect, I mean, it is art, right. It's just the, the medium is, is through jewelry. Yeah. Um, So it's just, it's really interesting to see that you do that and, and kind of to me, there's an obvious translation because jujitsu is very much an artistic outlook, right. at least from my perspective. Right. And maybe you could even argue that, you know, riding a motorcycle, mm-hmm. you know, especially on a track where you're doing something repetitive and trying to incrementally improve that there's probably the same synapses in your brain firing. Right. Yeah. right? So I don't know if you've ever like thought about it that way, but yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I think I'm kind of like driven or like, uh, drawn towards things like that i another like i'm i i always like go down go down the rabbit hole i i love picking up new hobbies and things like that but um another thing i like to do like a lot is uh playing chess and chess is kind of similar to jujitsu too you know it's like you're playing with it's you're playing chess with someone else's body you know basically but that's the same thing with like motorcycles like you know like it, it like you said it is repetitive um everything starts boiling down to the smallest detail of when you're on the brakes, when you're on the gas, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, you, it's just, uh, and yeah, jewelry is kind of similar too, because a lot of it is repetitive and you, you just start seeing the same patterns over and over again. And all those other things that we just talked about, jujitsu, you know, motorcycle track riding chess, it's all pattern recognizing, uh, recognizing patterns, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's all kind of similar. Actually, you actually reminded me, I wanted to ask you something as a father, right? Because I, and maybe I'm making a, the wrong assumption, but it seems like you do a lot of things together as a family. Mm-hmm. I see, it, it looks like your dad might be involved at least in some capacity with you racing, right? Or maybe it's your brother, but it looks just like you guys do things together. I know you started this business together, right? Like your dad got involved with your uncle, started a business, you went to school, you guys came out and it's like, I I don't know. I, I've been in this mindset of like, you got to bet on your own, especially now when you look around at how the world is, I'm increasingly becoming aware that like, you gotta have a lot of, a lot of confidence in a small amount of people because if shit breaks down, like you're really shit out of luck. That's lot. all you got. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, maybe that's in a dire situation, but to take it out in just everyday life, you know, how much of the success that you have comes from the support that you've gotten 
or from the collaboration that you've gotten from the people in your life who've, you know, done more than just said, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Like we support you. Right. Yeah. I mean, geez, as far as like support my family, you know, everything just cause, uh, you know, you have to, they, they're the ones who work with me, you know, they, um, they show up every day also. And they, um, you know, we just all do it, do it for each other. You know, it's, uh, we're a team. You get a TV and- show. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I grew up around my dad. He's always been, been a a hard worker. I think I kind of looked up to that type of thing and, uh, yeah, it's just, um, everything, it all just kind of works out. You know, it's just, uh, I'm blessed with a family that gets along. I, I love the fact that I get to work with my family every single day. You know, I think that's probably the, the biggest blessing, you know, uh, just a lot of people don't get to spend a lot of time with their family, but I get to see them every single day. So a lot of people ask too, they're like, what's it like working with your family? Like, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't that suck, you know, but, um, no, we all, we all get along for the most I think part. That says so, something uh, like the fa- I, and I, I certainly have family members that there's no way in hell I could work with. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but you know, the fact that that's kind of viewed and it's, you know, I think that's probably the broad consensus. Most people would not want to work with their family. Right. And how much does that have to do with a lot of the, pro- like the problems that we probably all have as individuals? Right. Of those people who should be the closest to you. Right. You don't want to spend a lot of time with, but. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a cool dynamic. You know, I've, I've had other jobs where you don't work a family and I definitely prefer this. And I, I think a lot of customers like it too. You know, it's just. Um, they like that we're, we're all family and, uh, you know, we even, have, we have cu- tons of customers that feel like family too. It's just, they, you know, come in to hang out with us half the time and they're just, uh, you know, they get us things for, you know, they, they bring in birthday gifts and things like that, you know, they, they feel like family. So, yeah. um, that's something that's cool too. It's just, uh, that a lot of people truly care, you know? Yeah, no, uh, you can tell. Um, it comes through with social media, which I, th- I think is really the thing I wanted to ask you about next, which is like, what point in time did you realize that the social media angle was going to be a differentiator? Because I would have to imagine that it's been a huge jolt for you. And I don't know. I mean, I could imagine you're probably getting people from all over the country reaching out, requesting yeah. custom pieces because you're. I mean, you've yeah. got over a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube now. And yeah. like I said, before we were recording, I mean, I, I was like, shit, I always wanted to talk to Zach. And then I see you're giving away a, a carrot diamond and yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus, like what the hell's going on over here? So, <laughs> I mean, obviously it was the right decision. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, so to rewind, it was probably back, I don't know, maybe like. 2017 something like that i don't know i would i would post like before and after photos of some of like the transformation type things i would do uh this was like before youtube shorts or uh instagram reels things like that and it was primarily like on facebook and it was pretty often like people would come in and they would say like, Oh, I see what you do on Facebook. And I want you to do something like that for me. And like, I have this ring that I inherited, you know, things like that. And 
started hearing, you know, you would hear customers mentioning it. So I was like, Oh, you know, it, it is reaching people. And I, I was, like I said, mainly focused on Facebook, but then I kind of started also posting on Instagram, kind of incorporating some engagement rings that I'd build. And it the videos were just super simple. It was just like, I'd put engagement rings like on my finger and record them. And like my mentality behind it was if I post up like the engagement rings that I build whenever, cause like the, at least like the following on Instagram tends to be like younger people than Facebook, at least in what I noticed. And I figured those are the people that would be getting engagement rings. So they could kind of use my page as like a menu to go through and see like, oh, I like this style or I like part of this and part of that and combine the two. And I kept hearing like, you know, I'd have guys come in and like, hey, my girlfriend screenshotted this on your Instagram page. And, you know, (laughs) it was just kind of clicking there. So I I just kept doing that to um, kind of put the ideas out there. Uh, so people could see it and, you know, the, you know, they could get inspiration that way. And then I didn't start taking it seriously until I think it was like last January or I'm sorry, January of this year. So 23, uh, that I really started doing the, like my current style of video is doing like a voiceover of a story of whatever project I'm working on. And it started with this one project where this gentleman got stung on the finger on his finger uh, by a bee and he had allergic reaction and his finger swelled up real bad and like it turned purple and everything. And he had to go to the ER, have it, have it like uh, removed and they kind of destroyed the ring when they cut it off. And he had like all these pictures of his finger all swollen and uh, pictures of the ring all cut up and pictures of him laying on the hospital bed. And when he brought it in, he was like telling me all this. And I was like, Hey, like sometimes I make videos of me like putting stuff together. Like, do you mind sending me the photos that you have of you in the hospital? And like, I might be able to incorporate those in a video. Like, Cause I was kind of thinking like, maybe I should, you know, take it a step further, add some more depth to the, the story. And he was like all for it. He wanted to do it. And the repair of the repair that was necessary for the job was pretty straightforward. It wasn't anything crazy, but the story behind it was kind of neat and it did really good on YouTube did good on TikTok and everything. And I think that's kind of like when it clicked and I was like, even though, cause like before then the way my brain worked was if the actual repair that I'm doing is super difficult to do. Maybe that will be really important to people. Or if the item costs a ton of money, maybe that will be really important to people. But in reality, I think the fact that it was a story that a lot of people could be, could relate to because, you know, we've all been stung by bees and, you know, had to go to the ER for something or whatever. Uh, It was like a, a story that a lot of people could relate to. And you can kind of see all everything take place and how I fix it and everything like that. And whenever I saw the performance of that video, I was like, Oh wow, maybe I should like, you know, kind of change focus here and try to make things that are relatable to people and, um, you know, kind of lean into like the sentimental side of things. And, um, ever since then, uh, that's kind of been my focus and you know like i said that was probably january i think of this year and i was gonna uh, say i remember that video so really? that, that really wasn't that long ago because yeah 
I mean, it seems like, and it's probably the lesson everybody needs to learn. If you're trying to make it happen, it's not going to happen. You just have to do what you like to do. Yeah. And it's in, in a large part, what I've tried to do with this, it seems mm-hmm. like it's working for you with that. I think the other thing, and I don't know if this was a conscious decision, but the fact that you do the voiceover, I think I've, I see a lot of people who try to do it lo- like they record and they're talking while they're recording. And yeah. there's like a nervousness that <laughs> definitely comes across as opposed right. to you do the video, you kind of have that done. And then maybe you probably type, I don't know. It sounds like you either type it out, but it's very clear, concise, calming. Yeah. And it there's, I don't know how, what I could put my finger on. It's probably all of those things that I just mentioned, but it's different than the videos that I would quickly not want to listen to. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so that first one, like the, the beasting video, I didn't write that one out. It's weird. Like I recorded that one on like a set of Apple headphones. Like I, it was just like kind of just like an accident type of thing. Um, just trying something different. But yeah, now like I put more thought into it. I type out a, like a script type of thing and just um, I try to keep it as short and concise as possible for the for the short content type of things because, you know, everyone's attention span is is nothing now. But yep. um, yeah, I try I try my best to have something prepared. But um, yeah, I, I just uh, I it's know. I actually have, after we get off of this, I'm going to tell you something that it's interesting i've been kind of working on something with a similar sentiment um i'd be curious as as it's worked for you very well you know your thoughts on it but okay yeah Yeah, has has the family been like on board with it was everybody from the start like hey this is going to be a really good idea and have they been as surprised or not as surprised with the success that it's kind of brought to the to the overall operation so like back like i like i said rewind to back in the day whenever I was just taking like before and after pictures, putting it on Facebook type of thing, you know, five plus years ago. Um, they're like, my parents would, my parents are primarily like on Facebook cause you know, they're older and they, they would see people interacting with it and they would, they would try to like encourage me to, you know, Hey, like you should put something on Facebook, you know, like, that, you know, it looks like a lot of people like that or a lot of people are coming in and mentioning it, you know, keep doing that. Uh, but as far as like where we are now, like as far as like the whole YouTube thing, the whole YouTube thing, I kind of kept like under wraps from all my other social media and like even my parents, like I, I didn't really tell many people about it because like so badly I wanted to keep it completely organic. Like I wanted, I didn't want to... Because like, okay, for example, that beasting video was doing well on like Instagram or whatever. I didn't want like anyone that followed me from that video or other ones to to, to pollute what you thought. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Because the, the, the problem I was running into was like storytelling in under 60 seconds. Like that's what the short format is. And I wanted to be able to create video content that was longer than 60 seconds, which would be, you know, YouTube. And that's like a whole new world to me. And like, you know, in-depth video editing, things like that. So the people on YouTube, I wanted that to be like completely organic 
and I didn't want any influence from anyone that found me on Instagram or anything. And then I saw that kind of taking off and doing well. And then once I I kind of told myself, if I hit that hundred thousand subscriber milestone, then I'll finally mesh it all together because it kind of makes my life easier because I can just kind of post on all pages and just kind of make it one big ecosystem type of thing. So, um, but yeah, like I said, my family didn't really know about the whole YouTube thing uh, until, you know, a couple of weeks ago, whenever I was like, Hey, I'm doing this diamond giveaway type of thing. And um, (laughs) I have the YouTube, I have the creator award plaque hanging up in my store. Now they didn't really know what it was, but (laughs) I hung it up. So that's so cool, dude. That's really cool. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It, I, I definitely, I was like, I didn't know he had a YouTube channel. And yeah. I kind of got that. I'm like, it. it's probably really interesting. And on a smaller level, because I mean, 100,000 subscribers, no joke. But it's like, I, I, I have an understanding of the feeling of when you finally realize that nobody in the town that you live in needs to give a shit about what you're doing in order for you to be successful. It's like, there's more people outside of the sphere of what I used to only care about. Yeah. That's that, one thing that's weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't really care if any of you care because there's more of them away from that. And that's right. I mean, obviously it got to a point for you where the worlds collide and yeah. there's probably going to be an even bigger spillover. Once you start to be able to share and collaborate, like yeah. now all those people that didn't, follow you from Instagram or dumping over, like I'm going to be following your YouTube channel. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. It it is kind of weird and it did happen, happen like kind of fast too, but, um, you know, it it is, it is is kind of interesting or, or it's, it's kind of strange too now, like, I do pay attention like to the comments on YouTube and stuff and you'll see names that I recognize from around here. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's just kind of weird to think like the secret world I had on YouTube is now being like, there's people local now that are kind of kind of coming in now. So yeah. But they're not the ones that are demanding the microphone early right now. It's like, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. It's like you kind of like left from high school went went to the other side of the world joined a rock band and you're like back in your hometown playing but there's a hundred thousand people that are there and yeah. they're excited to see you and your old friends were like well shit like everybody right. else yeah. likes them just as much as me now i guess it's so really yeah. cool. that's, that's a neat way to look at it. yeah very cool yeah. so what like what's in store for the future with that is it just to continue to try to grow the the channel and you know just or do you have other thoughts of like where you can continue to be unconventional and, and maybe those are things you don't want to share publicly, but I mean, are you thinking bigger and broader than just what you're yeah. doing now? I have a lot of like long-term goals that, yeah, I will keep kind of under wraps. Um, but I am, I am focused a ton on the content creation type of things right now. My biggest setback with the content creation is, the editing, like I do all the editing and I'm not a video editor. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I, I make jewelry. I don't, I, I do make videos, but I'm not great at making videos type of thing. So, um, I am, I'm at the point where I'm like considering looking into hiring editors. Um, I think that'd be a better way of, you know, 
scaling and using my time type of thing. Um, it's just one thing that I'm worried about with that is I don't want my videos to lose the feel that I give them type of thing. Uh, I don't want people to be like, wait, what? Like, you know, they, they notice a change type of deal. Um, it's just, I, I'm the absolute, I'm an absolute beginner when it comes to editing long format videos. Yeah. And that's something I'm working on. I am, you know, getting more efficient at it, but, um, yeah, I do plan on focusing on the longer format content, creating short content, creating short format content from that longer format stuff and, you know, trying to grow the channel, doing more things like that giveaway that I just did. Um, you know, anything I can do to like interact with the community. I think that's really cool. It's just, uh, like whenever I did that diamond giveaway, like it, it, the girl that won, it was cool just to hear like the story behind it all. She was like, wow, that's so crazy. Like literally last week, my boyfriend and I were talking about like she wanted, she wanted to, uh, she lives in Virginia. She wanted to make a trip up here to have me restyle a ring for her grandma. And it was just kind of like, you know, it's kind of crazy how it all works out. So yeah. I enjoy really, you know, hearing the, the stories from, you know, people that, you know, you know, that situation was just really cool to hear, but yeah, grow the channel, get better at video editing. And, um, in the future, I would like to be not to reveal too much or give away too much, but like, I want to be in a space where like right now my shop is not designed to be filming jewelry videos. It, it's designed, it's super cramped. We have multiple people in the workspace that we're in. Um, I would love to have a shop where I could have like 360, you know, mm -hmm. 360 degree views of my workbench. You could really see what I'm doing, have multiple camera setups, things like that. So, I yeah, mean, that's going to be I a differentiator, right? Because it's like, even if anybody else wanted to try to lean into the video editing to get to a point where they've got a, like basically a studio around their jewelry studio. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big needle mover. Yeah. That that's, you know, that's something I see. Cause that's, a, that's one of the struggles I currently have is just yeah the setup and, you know, camera angles and things like things that you don't really see whenever the final product goes out. But um, yeah, it's something that I want to work on and focus on improving in the future. Are you big on like jewelry history or like facts and things like that? Not, not really. I mean, like I I'm heard, not... I heard two things kind of, they've, I've always heard these and I was like, oh shit, I can ask that. So yeah. one of the things I heard was that all gold on earth came from outer space. Like it's all, any gold that's on earth has come from a meteorite. Is that true? I think I've heard that before, but I... I probably could Google and find out, but I was like, <laughs> yeah. I might as well ask the jeweler. <laughs> yeah. Like one interesting fact that I remember from school, this is kind of along the same, the same lines of uh, what you just mentioned, but like if you took all the gold on the planet and you put it into like Olympic sized swimming pools, it would fill up. I forget the number is like seven swimming pools or, you know, five and a half, you know, I don't know what it was, mm -hmm. but um if you took all the platinum, on... this was the other thing I was going to ask you. Okay. So it's, is it true? Yeah. So platinum, I think it like, 
would be like half an inch or, you know, it was like some crazy, you know, small yeah. amount, but yeah, platinum is a much more rare metal. I recommend platinum for anyone that wants like a white metal for their engagement ring or whatever piece of jewelry they're looking for. Platinum is the most durable option. And I usually recommend going that route. It's the most expensive option, but it's because of, like I mentioned, it's, uh, it's rarity. What, what do you got there? Uh, titanium. Okay. Yeah. Very durable. Yes. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's a uh, David Yerman. Okay, cool. So it was, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I lift in it. It's yeah. stretched all to hell, but yeah, I, I knew it wasn't gold. Yeah. Um, no, but I had heard that platinum is so rare that it would, if you were to take all the platinum on earth, you could fit it inside the average size living room. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's I mean, sounds... just even if it was ten average size living rooms, I was like, that just is mind blowing. Right. Yeah. There's much less platinum than gold, and it. What's funny is, like, if you follow, like, the price of precious metals, mm. an ounce of pure gold is. Last time I checked, it's like twice as much as an ounce of pure platinum. So it doesn't really make sense, you know, because there's way more gold than, yeah. than platinum. But um, as far as jewelry goes, platinum jewelry costs more than gold jewelry, even though in the pure form, an ounce of pure gold is more expensive than an ounce of pure platinum. And that's because jewelry is alloyed. So if you buy a ring and it's 14 karat gold, that means 14 part. Okay, so rewind a little bit 24 karat gold is pure gold 14 karat gold 14 parts of that alloy is pure gold and then the remaining 10 parts is a, a different metal so if it's yellow gold it's probably mixed of brass to maintain that yellow color um uh, rose gold would be mixed with copper and white gold is mixed with either nickel or zinc but um yeah, that kind of confuses people. They're like, well, why is the platinum so expensive compared to gold whenever gold's worth more than platinum? Well, it's it's water. The gold jewelry is watered down, you know, because and they do that for strength purposes because pure gold is too really soft cool. to use for jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then you've got the diamond market, which diamonds aren't rare at all, just regulated. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's a whole talk in itself. Yeah. And then now I don't know if you know about this, but the new thing is, have you heard of lab created diamonds? Yeah. So my wife's actually, you know, we're getting ready to have our 10 year anniversary here in a couple okay. of years. And she's already been prepping me. And she <laughs> sends me these like two carat, two and a half, three carat rings. And at first I'm like, I'm going to need to have Zach's YouTube channel to be able to afford something like this. <laughs> but it's like, you know, in all seriousness, I'm like, that, that's got to be a, a $150,000 ring. And she's right. like, no, it's, is it Mos Mosinite or Moissanite? Uh, yeah. Moissanite. Is that maybe what it is? And so that's, I don't know if that's the ones that she's showing me, but these are like, they're not diamonds, but these right. are, you know, a lot like a tenth of the price of that. Yeah. So <laughs> I could go on a tangent about Moissanite, but. Moissanite is a man-made stone that it's an imitation diamond, basically. Uh, it's a white stone. It does have a high uh, degree of hardness. So, like a diamond is the hardest material. You know, um, it's on the it's uh, a scale called the Mohs scale. It's a ten. 
And I think Moissanite is like 9.5. And so it's almost as hard as a diamond, but I've seen plenty of Moissanite rings come into my shop that have no sparkle because they've been, you know, very scratched and lots of abrasions on them. And Moissanite is attractive to a lot of people because it is a lot less expensive than diamonds, but with lab created diamonds, which are still diamonds, they're just man-made. The price difference between a lab created diamond and a Moissanite is really close. Uh, depending on what size you're looking at, it's just, I highly recommend someone going the extra route of, you know, it, it, a lot of times it's just a couple hundred dollars going with the lab created diamond because really? you still are getting a diamond and they've gotten so efficient at making these lab created diamonds super high grade as far as the color and the clarity that you're getting a stone that would be, if it was a natural gem or a natural diamond, it would be $30,000 and you're spending maybe three or $4,000. And it's the same material. It's just one was made in the earth and it took billions of years. The other one was made in a laboratory and it took a couple of weeks. I think and, I can look the other way, Zach. Yeah. With the diamond, you don't have to worry about um, the scratching and you're not going to lose that sparkle over time. And, you know, it, it's just a lot of buy, like a lot of engagement buyers now are going the lab grown route, going the lab grown route because of the savings that's there. And you can get the diamond of her dreams for a fraction of the cost. And, uh, it, it's kind of the, it's the new thing in the, in the jewelry industry. I don't know what the future holds, well, it's but... also, I mean, it's it's kind of like a, I don't know, I guess I'm drawing a blank on the word, right? But diamonds don't necessarily always have the greatest reputation as far as how they're yeah. mined, right? Right, right? So I guess it's, um, yeah. it's too late in the day to, uh, to keep searching for the word, but you know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's one thing that drives a lot of people to the lab-grown market, mm -hmm. but... And like, I'm not an expert on this field at all, but a lot of people, it, it's kind of like, all right, hybrid cars, you know, like a lot of people will say, oh, we shall drive hybrids because of the emissions of, you know, uh, gas powered vehicles. But then people argue, well, creating the batteries has a, creates a lot of pollution itself. Well, with the lab created diamonds, a lot of people are saying, oh, they're, you know, eco-friendly and you don't have to tear up the earth to mine them and everything. But there's also an argument that the laboratories that produce them require a immense amount of energy and, you know, that burns fossil fuels and stuff too. So it kind of like correlates with like the argument of hybrid vehicles and things like that too. So, okay. um, but as far as like the whole blood diamond argument that that is one thing that you are completely safe with if you go with a uh, lab created diamond. But if you are someone who wants to completely avoid the possibility that you are buying a blood diamond, but you don't want a lab created stone, there's also diamonds that are certified that they're from Canada. So they aren't considered blood diamonds. They do have slight premium on them, but they're still a natural diamond, but they're not from Africa and you don't have to worry about that whole 
situation. Do you see a lot of alternative stones, like not lab diamond or mosinite, but more like, you know, crystals or or things of that nature, like kind of going away from diamonds? Very little. Anything that like comes in for, like, we don't really sell anything like that. Uh, we will sell lab created diamonds. I've done a few moissanite rings in the past, but the majority of the people that come in considering a moissanite end up going lab created diamond. Uh, but as far as like rings with crystals and things like that, not so much. Uh, just because those tend to be set into pieces of jewelry that are like costume jewelry, and there's not really much that we can do with costume jewelry, like my machines, like uh, the one machine I use a lot is a, a laser welder. And that only works on precious metals. So gold, silver, or platinum. So if someone comes in with a piece of costume jewelry with like a cubic zirconia or some sort of imitation stone like that, it's typically set into like some mystery metal, like brass or, you know, it, it's just like pot metal type of thing. And I can't really work work with that type of deal. I gotcha. Yeah. So as far as jujitsu, you, you kind of going to get back rolling or what's, what's going on, homie? It's just been, I, I probably was there last in, I don't know. It was like February. Maybe it's just, I live like 45 minutes from the gym and where are you at exactly? I'm in Butler. Oh, okay. So you know, that drive really adds up both ways. And just the fact that, you know, we're talking about, you know, video editing and things like that. I do all my editing after work. So I'm like, okay, that's a couple hours each night that I can't be working on this, you know, but yeah, I, um, you know, I'm I just busting it. your balls a little bit. You're good. Yeah. You're good. You're always very formidable in class. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I miss attending like I did before, but it's just uh, you know the time constraint and things like that. I'm just uh, really focused on this right now. No, I totally get it. Totally get it. Right. Um, no, listen, man, this is this has been really awesome. I um, I really appreciate it. So, as far as the YouTube channel, where everybody can go and and check this out. Yeah, so my YouTube channel is Zach Amy Jewelry, and Amy is spelled E-M-I-G-H, and that's also all my other socials, so, you know, Instagram, TikTok, things like that, and uh, yeah, YouTube, I post both short and long format content, uh, custom creations, unique, like, uh, repair job type things, lots of engagement rings. And uh, I also throw in like some educational pieces too. So like, like we were talking about with the, um, like the lab grown diamond type of thing, you know, things like that. So um, if they want to check me out, you can uh, go on there and see all the videos I post. Uh, dude, it was really a pleasure to have you on here. Um, would love to do it again in the future when you, you know, maybe you cross, cross another threshold or have another big project coming up, but yeah, really man. interesting learning about it and have a lot of respect for, the effort it takes, the consistency, the just trial and error, the constant repeat kind of bummed out. We had like a really epic 15, 20 minute initial conversation. And I'm like, (laughs) all of a sudden I hear your recording is in progress. I'm like, what the Uh, hell happens? I don't know if it like, 
pause. I'm ho- I'm actually hopeful that it's all there, but I, dude, we kind of rolled with the punches better than I was expecting. So. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, we'll do it some sometime again in the future if you want. Yeah, always. I appreciate it a lot, man. Congratulations and continued good luck. Man.